What is up, everybody? My name is Austin Buckner, and you are listening to the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. This week's episode is all about Magnum Wrestling. Magnum Wrestling is an independent professional wrestling promotion based in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was founded by the late, great Jason Strife, who sadly passed away late last year. Magnum Wrestling is hosting their very first show since Strife's passing. It happens this Friday, March 24th in Omaha, Nebraska at the Omaha Firefighters Hall. It is a benefit show uh, with proceeds benefiting the Midlands Humane Society. Um, We had Logan Davis, one of the two new co-owners of Magnum Wrestling on, to talk about his history with professional wrestling, his history with Magnum Wrestling, and his relationship with Jason Strife, and how he plans to continue Strife's vision for Magnum Wrestling uh, after his his untimely passing. So uh, this is a, a great episode. Loved having uh, Logan talk about Magnum Wrestling, talk about Jason Strife and the man behind the Jason Strife character, Nathan Blodgett. Um, this was our way of, of honoring a great man and a, and a great professional wrestler, Jason Strife. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number 43 of the Ice Cream Sunday podcast featuring Logan Davis of Magnum Wrestling. a wrestling fan growing up uh yeah i definitely was a wrestling fan always growing up i, I mean i could you know there's times in your life where you can kind of have like very vivid memories like you know like inside out like those core memories and one of mine is sitting in my uh grand uh grandparents basement with my grandpa and uh, my uncle who uh, was in college at the time and, uh, was living with my grandparents and we'd watch wrestling all the time. And I was right around, I want to say like three, um, and we were watching like, um, just, you know, the Saturday night wrestling, we were watching WrestleMania. Like I remember vivid details of certain matches, um, superstars and whatnot too. So, uh, it really started at a young age and it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, and I, greatly you know credit my grandpa he's he's still with us today but i greatly uh credit my grandpa for allowing or bringing wrestling into my life um we went to a lot of shows at the omaha civic auditorium whenever they were in town um you know most notably the iron man match with Shawn michaels and uh, not iron man match uh the no holds barred uh good friends better enemies with Shawn michaels and diesel um so that was back in 96 but yeah there's so many memories i've i've been a wrestling fan pretty much my whole life as far as i can remember i think your story with pro wrestling and my story with pro wrestling as a fan anyway are very similar i grew up with my grandparents my um grandmother actually grew up watching wrestling with her parents um (laughs) the the story goes that my great-grandparents on my grandmother's side um they were one of the first ones to have a color television in town. Um, And so a lot of people would go over and they would watch wrestling and they would watch boxing at my great grandparents' house. Um, (laughs) And then I, I, 
learned about pro wrestling from my uncle as well. Uh, he took me to a bunch of shows during the Attitude Era um, in Des Moines and in Ames. Uh, took me to a lot of Raw, a lot of Nitro. Um, I watched wrestling all the way up until I graduated college. Uh, I graduated May 2007. And then um, in June 2007 was when the Benoit murder-suicide uh, happened. And oh. I decided... I'm going to go off to college. I'm going to be completely different. Um, I'm going to change my personality completely. I'm going to be like the cool guy, the popular guy. And wrestling doesn't fit with that. And then with the Benoit thing, I just, maybe I shouldn't be a part of this anymore as a fan. Um, so I, I decided to quit re- watching wrestling for a few months. Fast forward probably six, seven months. I meet a guy and he introduces me to independent wrestling. Uh, it was actually the Brian Danielson, Nigel McGinnis match from Unified. Uh, it's when they unified right. the uh, the world title and the pure title in Ring of Honor over in England. And it was the first time that I realized that there's this world of professional wrestling that's outside of the stuff that they show on television. And it just blew me away. It was completely different from what I was seeing on you know, WWE or Impact Wrestling. And I started discovering the independent wrestling scene and going to a lot of shows in Iowa, in Nebraska... I actually learned about Magnum Wrestling from Jeff O'Shea. Uh, Strife was wrestling at 3XW. Jeff was doing his merchandise and also selling Magnum Wrestling DVDs at 3XW. And I came across the DVD um, from Council Bluffs. Uh, they were running like a VFW hall or American Legion, one of those buildings. Very, very small, low ceilings. Um, and I, I, I bought a DVD and I'm watching... Akira Tozawa, I'm watching Zack Sabre Jr. in front of a crowd of maybe 30 people in a VFW hall in Council Bluffs. And I'm just blown away that this is happening 90 minutes away from where I live. So that's how I discovered Magnum Wrestling. How did you discover indie wrestling? And then more specifically, how did you discover Magnum? Yeah, so indie wrestling, it's kind of a funny story for me because I wasn't always really a fan, big fan in the indie wrestling realm. Like I you know, grew up very loyal to WWE. And, you know, I watched a little bit of WCW. I was the WWE guy, like always WWE. I watched WCW, but kind of like, it's very reminiscent of, you know, you know, what you see nowadays of AEW versus WWE. Like you have your, your very loyal set of fans. And I was on that WWE side. Um, So I didn't really watch too much independent wrestling uh, per se, but uh, kind of going deeper in my roots and my background, um, I've always had that dream of uh, being in production uh, with wrestling. It's like, I think right around my teenage years, I was very much like, you know, you you want to be a wrestler, but then you take a couple bumps. I did the whole stupid backyard wrestling stuff. I took a pile driver on a stop sign. And uh, after that, I was like, I'm going to do production. So kind of like really looking into like that production side um, is what really uh, opened my eyes to like, there's so much wrestling out there too. Um, And, you know, kind of like in production too, or kind of like with uh, wrestlers as well, like you have to, you can't just like, Hey, I'm going to apply to WWE and they're going to sign me up. No, you got to have like, you know, a resume of experience and, um, you know, kind of know the business uh, in and out, or at least, you know, the production field. So um, I kind of looked at independent wrestling. And I'm like, man, I, I wish there was one here in Nebraska, the Iowa area. And I was like, I just Google searched. And one of the very first things that popped up was 
Magnum Wrestling. And that particular show was uh, in September of 2014. Stacked card. You had Drew McIntyre fresh on the, you know, fresh off the WWE into the Indies um, as the Evolve champion. Just this is when he was just reinventing himself. You had Trevor Murdoch on that show. Um, you had Stevie Richards on that show. So I'm like looking at this, like this poster. I'm like, so this exists in this area. And I'm like, all right. So, uh, that kind of, I didn't really, like, I was going to get a ticket no matter what, but I kind of like threw myself out there because I was doing a lot of like local, uh, production stuff for like bars, commercials. I was doing weddings too. Um, and I actually, just a few months prior, I uh, had media credentials at WrestleMania 30. Um, and so I got to interview like a few uh, wrestlers there too. And I sent that demo reel to uh, the Magnum Wrestling Facebook page. Um, and that's kind of where I got introduced to Nate. Uh, it's kind of a funny story because he had a production guy at the time. Um, and he uh, he's like, yeah, let me forward this on. Turns out, you know, the more I got to know Nate, like, he basically told that production guy, you need to find a way for this guy to be involved here. Cause he, I guess, really loved my work. And, um, but a couple of days after sending that email, he's like, yeah, come on, uh, come on by. I'm a production guys. will talk to you and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what we, what we can have for you. And I think, you know, you, you kind of have that gatekeeping. You want to like, make sure it's not like, Oh, this is this fan getting on this side. He just wants to get autographs and meet all the famous people. And then he's, he's out of there. Um, so I know he was kind of like, gauging me on that aspect too but that was my first indie show and I'm just sitting there I was running a jib uh jib camera at the time uh with kind of like that was like the only thing they really had for me because they had cameraman and all that and I'm just sitting there just blown away taking it all in I'm like to me indie wrestling is always like this backyard you know untrained like nobody like is like the WWE, like these guys are wannabes and all that, that night changed my life forever. And, you know, I have an utmost respect for, for Indies. And I mean, after that night, I was just watching Indies like crazy. All the ones around here, you know, I I discovered first wrestling. I discovered, you know, the three XWs. I discovered just so much like wrestling in this area that I never knew existed or I, you know, probably did, but I chose to ignore because I thought, you know, it wasn't up to the standards of what professional wrestling should be. And, you know, now I'm just like, man, Indies is where it's at. So that's kind of like that long-winded story of, you know, kind of combined of how I discovered independent wrestling and Magnum Wrestling pretty much in that same breath. You picked a heck of a first show to go to because I remember right? being in the crowd. Um, my my friend Brian, uh, I actually used to host a uh, a podcast uh, based in Nebraska called Wrestle Nerds. We would go to all the the indie shows in the area. And I just remember showing up with Brian. Uh, he and I both had our you know our OG Bullet Club T shirts on. Uh, we got our, you know, our selfies with Drew McIntyre and, uh, and with, with Stevie Richards and that show just blew me away. And this, this is, I don't mean any disrespect to any other, uh, independent promotion in the area or, or in the country for that matter. But there was just something about that night and, and the production and the, the seriousness of, of, 
it just felt different. It didn't feel like your standard um, VFW hall or armory independent wrestling show. This felt like a, a, a massive production. And that's always what I felt that Magnum Wrestling was. It was just a little bit different. And I think if you, back when we talked to the wrestlers that were, were doing these Magnum shows, and I think that probably it's the same now, uh, if you talk to them, every wrestler, everyone that works those shows seems to, for whatever reason, give just a little bit more of themselves at those Magnum shows. They just feel different. They feel special. The crowds that are there, Magnum seems to tap into something that not a lot of independent wrestling promotions, especially the the local ones. You have your super indies like um, Defy in the Pacific Northwest. You have the Wrestling Revolver in Des Moines that's run by Sammy Callahan. But these local shows, it's very hard, and, and Magnum does this great, where they tap into the pop culture of that city for lack of a better term where it, it's become this like must see event in Omaha. Can you speak to how that came to be and, and, and what you guys do behind the scenes to make it not just a, a fun event for professional wrestling fans, but an event that has to be seen has to be attended in the Omaha area. Yeah. So, you know, the crazy thing to me is like, you know, we, we get, on average, quite a few hundred, you know, for, for an average show. And, you know, we've always dreamed big, you know, we want to, you know, have thousands and we know more people need to know that wrestling exists in the area, you know, like here in this area, we only get the, the big shows here maybe once a year, if we're lucky. Um, and to offer that piece where you can have wrestling, every month not just with us but like other promotions like there's just so much wrestling in the area and i think what happens behind the scenes um something that me and, and jason strife just really bonded on is like we had utmost respect for the business um he brought everything he could you know as a promoter everything he could as a as a wrestler and I brought everything I could in production. Like we pour just about every bit of our soul into our shows. And we expected the best from people in the locker room. We expected that from people, you know, like our fans, like we want our fans to like be thoroughly entertained. And that was something that uh, Strife would always say all the time too. Uh, people were like, oh, I haven't watched wrestling since, you know, Stone Cold days. And he'd be like, hey man, come and have a drink. You know, you'll probably have a good time. Like I can guarantee you'll have a good time. And there's so many times. And I just have all these vivid memories of a lot of those people he would talk to who would never go to a wrestling show, not even wrestling fans before um, would go to these wrestling shows and, um, you know, have the time of their lives. Um, speaking, you know, with my significant other, Diane, like she was never a wrestling fan in her life. And uh, it was the anniversary last year, um, brought her to that show and she saw a glimpse of everything. And I expect, I fully expected her to be like, oh, this is, this is not for me. I don't like this complete opposite. And, and Strife even told her that night too, just give it a chance. If you don't like it, hey, it's whatever, but give it a chance. It's going to be fun tonight. She was hooting and hollering the entire night, uh, just having the time of her life and it hasn't it's only grown with her she 
always anticipates like that that next show and and that's what our fans do too um but i think it really just boils down to behind the scenes like just the utmost respect that we have for the business um and we we just have that professionalism we you know i look up to you know all the the great you know these big names that you you see in the industry too you know you know whatever with Vince McMahon but like personal wise but like that guy built an empire I look up to the Triple H's too and you know even indirectly kind of being under his wing for a while too like you just you just see that professionalism and you just want to give that back as much as possible no matter what stage that you have you know we don't have the grand stage as those super indies but man we're gonna we're gonna act like we do like we are going to go out to every show and, you know, we're going to act like that arena that stocks and bonds, uh, firefighter union hall. It's like, you know, the big arena here in Omaha, that's what we're going to act like. And our wrestlers, we're going to, we're going to throw the camera on you. We're going to do promos for you. We're going to treat you like a superstar. If you want to give everything that we're giving to, we're going to treat you like you're a celebrity. And in turn, that just radiates right back in the fans. They see these wrestlers as larger than life. And that's just, I want them to have that experience every single time, our fans. Just to speak to that on a personal level, um, this would have been the summer of 2018. Um, I was still wrestling in the area. Um, I was never any good. And for whatever reason, uh, Strife invited me to be part of a battle royal for his uh, his birthday bash, uh, his mm. his show there. So I was there, and I was just blown away that just the professionalism and the production of everything. Now, not just the the production with the cameras and everything, but just the way that the show had run. Because again, no disrespect to any independent promotion out there, anyone that I've worked for, but it can be very hectic and very scatterbrained uh, behind the scenes at an independent wrestling show. And everything seemed to just flow very well at Magnum Wrestling. There was uh, a, a lot, a very professional locker room with showers for guys to, to, <laughs> to get dressed in and then shower in after their matches. Strife came in and talked to all of us and told us exactly what the matches were, how long they were going to go. Um, there was monitors backstage. There was uh, a commentary team. There was, I mean, everything just ran so smoothly. And it made a guy like me that doesn't get to be on a show like that very often so comfortable um, in that environment. Some guy that, honestly, I'm five foot six. I'm not that athletic. I probably shouldn't even have been there. And I felt like, I was I was welcomed with open arms in that locker room and everyone was just so welcoming. Um, I actually wanted to talk about that show specifically because you had alluded to it a little bit working under Triple H. You left, went to Full Sail for a little bit, and then came back. Mm -hmm. And that was the show that all of the wrestlers came around, uh, surrounded the ring, and then you were announced as sort of the the hand-picked, um, and this wouldn't be the last time that you were hand-picked by Strife to kind of run Magnum uh, in his absence. But can you talk a little bit about going to Full Sail, getting that experience, and then coming back to to provide what you learned down there to Magnum Wrestling? Yep, yep. And, you know, so I'll kind of preface all this, you know, with I live my life, you know, I'd rather have 
you know, what ifs and oh wells. And I, I said it earlier, like I always wanted to be production in, in WWE and uh, Strife knew that, like I, that he would always say, I'm going to, I'm going to lose you someday. You're, you're going to, you're going to go somewhere someday. Um, and then, and it kind of went down to me kind of like finally taking that dive. Um, I went to Full Sail um, 2013, um, did the film uh, production bachelor's degree. Um, and that was all online that I was doing. Now we had a lot of opportunities where, you know, we can go down there and do things if we wanted, but majority of that was all online. So I kind of had the full sale experience light. Um, I decided to, you know, go at it again and go after, um, a master's in public relations. Um, and when I did that, I was like, you know, this time I want to go on campus. Like, let's take the leap. You know, I, it took a lot of, you know, bravery to do that just because I've, you know, I've lived in, in this area pretty much my entire life, minus, you know, time in the military, which, you know, that's a whole nother story. I got moved down the road eight hours, like to Rapid City, South Dakota, but um, more or less it was, uh, let's, let's take this leap. So I go down to Full Sail. Um, it was a huge bittersweet moment because I got to be guest GM uh, the May before I left. Um, and it was just very bittersweet because at that point it had been four straight years of working Magnum and I hadn't missed a single show. Always there with Strike, you know, first one there, last to leave constantly. So it was bittersweet. Like it was, it was very heartbreaking, but man, the support I got from the fans, from Strife, from the locker room, it just, everyone was just so proud of me. And like, we knew it was going to happen eventually, you know, go do it. Um, And it was really cool because I actually went down the month prior before my last show at Magnum and uh, did an NXT taping. And my big reveal is I took off my Magnum shirt and I had the WWE crew shirt underneath and that uh, the pop from the crowd is just something I'll never forget, you know, that you deserve it. Um, You know, as I don't really want attention on me as a production guy, but like, again, I just, I feel because of that love and that appreciation and that respect that Strife and I always gave, like people knew me as as that right-hand man when it came to like show business with, with strife, but going down to NXT, man, what is there not to say? Like I tell her, I told strife after, you know, my second taping, I'm like, you know, they basically are doing everything we're doing, except they have a bigger budget. (laughs) They have a hundred more staff members than we do. You know, they have the money to pay for the things that we can't have, but on a smaller scale, you know what, we're doing everything. They're exactly what they're doing. Um, I got the opportunity on all the tapings uh, to do a lot of different positions, but it all tied down. I was in the promo rooms dealing with a lot of the producers. Um, We would set up the day prior to the tapings and then the next day we would be there around nine o'clock in the morning um and there was just rehearsals galore in the morning and i would just go out there sit front row and soak it all in watch you know triple h going around um and there's even a time too he just walks by sees me there 
pats me on the shoulder and said, soaking it all in. I'm like, am I ever, you know, like this was just, this was that dream of mine. So I soaked in just about every knowledge. I wanted to see how is he directing people. And, you know, honestly, I will, I will say right there, one of my like biggest, you know, you know, people that I, I look up to in wrestling and who I want to emulate is someone like a Triple H. You know, he's had that bad history in the past and always burying people and all that. But like people recognize now how much he loves the business, how much he gave to NXT um, in starting all that. And, you know, seeing him talk to everyone the way he did, it was like he had time for everyone there. There was a time we were done with the taping. We put the last piece of equipment into the truck around three in the morning. Triple H was still outside his RV talking to talent. (laughs) This man just flew in, mind you, earlier that morning. Probably had no sleep. Went through the whole entire day. Was still there three in the morning. Looking TV ready still talking to the talent because he loves the business that much. And, you know, that gave me this newfound respect um, uh, as if (laughs) the respect wasn't blooming already when it came to wrestling. But like, I just loved it even more knowing people like that exist. And I'm like, I want to be like that person. And I know, you know, Strife, you know, he was that person too. He would take the time to sit down and talk to you. Like after a show, like, he would be bouncing around everyone, everywhere. People would ask his opinion. Uh, did you watch this match? More often than not, probably not. But if you sat down and if he really knew you cared and if he really knew that you wanted to give everything to what you wanted to do in wrestling, man, he would give you so much of that, you know, in return. Um, so it was just, it was unreal. Like I, I had the time of my life down in Florida and, you know, unfortunately Florida is not cheap to live at. Um, I did get offered a position, uh, in the, uh, at the performance center in the, um, man, I can't remember the name of it is a weird name that's escaping me right now. It's not content creation. I I think it was like creation lab or something like that. Um, the funny thing is, is I was going through the interview, the pay wasn't there living down there with my family, the cost of living, it just wasn't, the cards weren't there. So I had to make that tough decision, you know, like, Hey, it's, you know, I had it, I did everything I could. It's just not meant to be. Um, and that's kind of, you know, where I, I came back to, uh, to Omaha and wanted to uh, get back involved with Magnum. Now, huge secret here. I mean, it's not really a secret if you knew me and Strife's relationship, but the whole entire time I'm there, I'm still helping him in any way I can, you know, make Magnum run efficiently. Yes, he had, you know, a lot of people backstage, you know, shout out to, you know, the Daisy Daniels, um, to the Ryan Russo, all of them, like they were trying their best TJ Benson even trying their best to make the show run in my absence um, to the standards that, you know, Strife and I set, but I would talk all the time, like almost daily. He would give, he would ask for my opinion. Should we book this? What do you think we should do for this? 
And when I told him the news, like, yeah, he was heartbroken for me, but you could tell he was like, thank God, because I missed you. <laughs> we need to get the band back together. And uh, it was about a couple weeks before that show, we kind of put it all in stone, like, I'm going to come back. This is when he was actually going to live in Des Moines. Right. He took a position up there, so he needed someone to handle the operations, um, you know, in his absence. And again, you know, it's funny because behind the scenes, you know, it was me and TJ. <laughs> uh, TJ did so much. I mean, I, I think at that time, TJ did so much more than I. I was still kind of worried about like production stuff, but logistically getting that ring transported, like, man, TJ was a beast. And he just, uh, I, that that was just kind of how that all came to be you know it was an it was an honor to have that director operations role and unfortunately a whole nother story you know just kind of school kind of burned me out and I walked away for a little bit but um man just uh what a ride uh 2018 was for me uh going to to NXT and getting under that learning tree you had talked a little bit about the pop that you got from the fans, even though you <laughs> you weren't you weren't wanting it or wanting that attention. But yeah. the pop when you announced that you were going to Florida and and mm-hmm. being uh, a member of that production crew at NXT and studying at Full Sail, talk a little bit about the pop when you came back in 2018, because, <laughs> like I said, all of us wrestlers, uh, we were already in the ring. Strife had an announcement. Uh, kayfabed the whole thing. Wouldn't tell mm-hmm. any of us what it was about. Mm-hmm. You were not backstage before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, t- talk me through that. When did you show up to the building? Was it when we were already at the ring? Or or how did that all happen? And what did that feel like to get that adulation from the fans? Them so happy to see you back. Right. Like, you know, I was talking to Strife that whole week. Like, I'm like he wanted to do this. He was the one who called, called it. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Um, because yeah, he was very much at a crossroads too. uh, moving. He didn't know exactly the future of the company and, you know, was it kind of a work, you know, of Magnum possibly ending at that time? Yeah. But at the same time, no, like there was a lot of stress that was on his shoulders. Um, and then me kind of stepping up and say, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, pick this up while you're gone. Um, and, uh, so I got there, I stayed at the hotel directly linked to that, to that arena. So, um, it was at a holiday Inn. I got there the, we got back into town the Wednesday before then I had like a dinner meeting with, with strife. So many people didn't know some of my closest friends didn't even know I was there. One of my friends who attends all the shows, he didn't even know I was back. Everybody thought I was still in full sale. So I literally just wrapped up working on the May Young Classic, I think like just a couple days before. So like nobody had any idea. Um, so I get to the hotel uh, the night prior. Uh, Strife comes by because he would park the U-Haul there. Um, and we kind of briefly talked about what we're going to do. And that whole week, like I said, I was just stressed out. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm a production guy. Like people are going to be like, okay, cool. He's back, you know? And, uh, he's like, no man, like, this is going to be cool. Like, this is going to be a cool moment. Like, I I really feel like, you know, they're going to, they're going to welcome you back more than you think. I'm like, all right, I trust you. (laughs) And, um, so that whole day I'm just, I'm hiding in the hotel 
on, on the Saturday. Um, Jeremy Lubash, who was doing production at the time in my absence too. And, uh, Ryan Russo, uh, he didn't know I was back, but Jeremy brought him over to the hotel because we were, we wanted to film some segments that day. Ryan turns the corner and sees me and his jaw just drops. Like what is going on? I'm like, you gotta be super like secret. Like kind of had this big secret the whole day. I walked into the arena. So the show started like seven sharp. I was in the arena, like right when that last person got ringside, because Strife did a whole speech about, you know, this could be the end. It's been a great run, but I have a new director of operations. While that was going on, I sneaked to the back. Um, There's people, uh, there's Daisy, who is at commentary. She sees me over in the curtain. She's just like, she stops commentating because she's just like, what, what's going on? Like you could tell, like, she's about to cry. Like it was just this, this huge moment. Like people are like, Oh my gosh, like, where'd you come from? Why are you here? I had this cheesy, like weird song that I came out to. I designed like the Florida graphics and all that. I, I come out and I'm just like, man, this is going to be so flat. Like I'm going to hear a pin drop. As soon as I turn that corner and my name pops on the screen, I hear a few fans just shout Logan and then the crowd just pops. And I just, I look around and, you know, it's, it's hard not to get emotional because this is definitely one of my like all time, like biggest memories in wrestling. And it was like, it was not just the fans. It was like the boys just all standing around there, just clapping, happy, uh, you know, I thought they would be mad too, like, because, oh, Strife pulled the wool over. He worked us. No, like, everyone was really happy. And I go over to my friend that I was referencing earlier, and he's just, like, gritting ear to ear, and he's just, like, clapping. I come up, give him a hug, because he was, like, the first person I wanted to, like, see. It's kind of like, you know, those, you you hear, like, the Miz, like, when he won the championship, and he looks out and sees his friends in the audience, and he's like, we did it, like, that was me going to my friend and saying, Hey, you know, I've been in the, you know, I got to do what I wanted to do. I'm having this moment. I never thought I could expect, you know, and you were the guy who basically I bonded with, with wrestling my entire life. Um, and I, I just, I kind of make my circle around, I go in and, you know, this is something that I take with me forever. Strife wasn't necessarily the most emotional guy getting him to cry like come on like the only thing that would make him cry is if you know he felt bad for a puppy (laughs) Um, or something like that like um he's wiping tears in his eyes as he's hearing that pop and the cheer and i get into the ring and he slaps a hug on me and he's like i love you man welcome back and like to this day it's burned in my brain um in my heart um and it's a moment I'll never forget. And thank God, because uh, Daisy Daniels was actually, she pulled out her cell phone and she has that whole moment recorded because this was at a time too, where we didn't really have the full production like we used to. Um, and I think Shad was just bombarded with people all around ringside where he couldn't really capture it the way he could too. So there's, there's footage out there that exists. Um, that I can, you know, relive it. And I do from occasionally, like when I'm feeling low, 
just going back to that moment, it, it, it means the world to me. And it's, again, it's not really the pop. It wasn't really like, you know, all that. I think it was the moment with the boys and it was that moment with Strife in the ring that meant the most to me. I'm I'm sure you know this already, and I, I I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. But I think just to to kind of put myself in in Strife's shoes to get inside his mind for a little bit, that man I saw him sacrifice so much to make Magnum Wrestling what it is. I think mm-hmm. for for him, um, getting ready to to leave and start this new journey, living in Des Moines. Of course, he's going to be back and he's going to be on every show. He he becomes the Magnum Wrestling Champion that night, so he's going to still be there. He's still going to be, you know. But but to have someone in Omaha that he trusts like that, um, I, I'm sure it, it meant the world to have you you back, especially the way that everything timed out with him moving to Des Moines all of that emotion had to be running in flooding flooding in for him just knowing mm-hmm. that everything that he's put into this this company this business um it's going to continue with someone that shares that that same vision and i and i wanted to talk about that because you you had mentioned starting with magnum running a jib camera to in 2018 becoming director of operations to now after strife's passing you're one of the the two new co-owners with TJ Benson. How does that happen? Can you talk a little bit about, I, obviously I want to talk about professionally your relationship mm-hmm. with Strife, but can we go back and talk about personally your relationship and your friendship with Strife and how that blossomed over the years? Yeah. So uh, going back to that first show and like I said, um, I could tell that was like a show and that's just, kind of the nature when you love the business as much as you know he and I do and I do this to this day you kind of gatekeep in a way like when somebody wants to be involved you kind of like okay are you just a fan trying to get you know an opportunity to be backstage and hang out with wrestlers and you know not really work hard but just kind of show off hey I'm part of the business now I could tell he was kind of gauging that with me um and that first show, so like that first interaction, it was very, it wasn't cold, but it was very like, hey, how's it going? You, you got good work, you know, like, uh, stick around, Bubba, you know, and like, okay, cool, I will. Um, and just like show after show, like I would just bring a new idea to the table, or I would do a new graphic, I would redo entrance videos, I would put together interview pieces, I would do all these things, and, and, um, I think, you know, over that and just, just creative meetings that I had with Strife too, he would tell me all the time, like you, you just get it. And I think that really like resonated and clicked in him. Like, man, this, this kid really loves wrestling and it's not just fandom wrestling. Like he just loves it from top to bottom. Like I do, like he loves it. And he would tell me all the time, you're going to love it so much that you're going to hate it some days. And yes, I have. And we've bonded over that over the time too. But like, we just, I think it was just our, our passion. We would just feed off each other's energy. Um, we wouldn't settle for subpar. We would be upset if something, you know, the littlest thing went wrong. Like, for example, if something went wrong in his match that nobody would even care about because it's Jason Strife, you know, like the guy was a showman through and through. He would like miscount a step somewhere and it would eat at him the rest of the night. 
I would be on that same token. If we're doing a live stream and I flubbed up a camera angle or if I missed a cue somewhere, I would be thinking of, like I would, I would go on, I would execute the rest of the night, but I would still be dwelling on that one moment. Um, we were just absolute perfectionists and we'd, we'd gather about it. We'd pick each other up and then we'd move on to the next show. We always dreamed big. We'd always like our, our bond was definitely magnum and, you know, and it turned, it blossomed into this amazing friendship. And I think one of the biggest memories that I have with him, and I think, you know, sure we were, you know, pretty good friends at this point too, but this goes to, I believe it was 20, 2016, was it when WrestleMania was in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 2016. So um, he and I, uh, went we didn't like travel together but we basically attended all the wrestlemania events that week that was the first time that i got to be a fan and he was even a fan that weekend too we sat up in a suite in at&t stadium we we didn't even have tickets to wrestlemania mind you until the day of we got these awesome sweet tickets low price we go up there we're drinking you know very overpriced liquor the entire night having a blast and that was like the time that we got to bond as, you know, you know, fans. And, and that's where I really feel like, Hey man, we're really good friends. Like we're just like dogging on things, but actually like we marked out when Shawn Michaels came out in his gear, like literally him and I jumped out of our seats and we're like, he's in his care. <laughs> and to see that side of Jason Strife means the world to me because that dude he he had a tough exterior like he respected the business but he also knew he could be a fan when he could be a fan and he didn't really let a lot of people into his you know personal and private life and if you were on that side of his personal private life man you meant the world to him and um and there's very there's a very few small handful i got to do that but that's one of my biggest memories is when we you know went to wrestlemania um, and then we went to Florida the following year, did the kind of the same exact thing, uh, hung out at WrestleCon. Uh, we went to the beach together. We just we just had a grand old time, you know. It was moments like that that, you know, I'll, I'll cherish too because I feel like a lot of our friendship, yes, it really centered around Magnum. And we hung out, you know, here and there in between. We had our creative meetings that turned into, you know, just laugh fests and just – you know, crapping on things, whatever the case may be. Um, and then when it came to show day, it was like blanket, it's over. You know, we were just like balls of the wall, let's get the show going. Um, but to have those few select moments means the world to me. And um, it just, uh, yeah, I mean, the friendship uh, that we shared, it, it's a special one because. It was a friendship, not just, you know, the traditional friendship. It was a friendship, not only that, but it was, um, it was professional, you know, the friendship too. It was, it was business sense. Um, and it was deep, deep trust. And, you know, this is kind of like, you know, the dirt and all that too, because, I mean, it's really no secret. I mean, and I can kind of cover this, do what you want with it, but like, there was that period of time that I, you know, started now, this is wrestling, um, with, uh, a friend of mine. And, uh, that was the first time I felt like 
we kind of like had that disconnect in life. But the funny thing is we would still talk even to that, like the world, the exterior. Yes. He was kind of upset and the whole thing. And yeah, there was, there was things I wish I could, you know, go back and, and do a certain way, but um, we would still talk to each other. And like, one of the things that means the world to me again is after one of my shows, um, I just messaged him and I was like, do you see any of this? And he was like, yeah, you're doing everything right now. F and book me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was like, yeah, there was like, it was kind of that dark period, you know, and, and I might be jumping ahead in this aspect too, but I feel like he was right around that time too, when his health wasn't going uh, great. Uh, that's when, you know, he had the whole, uh, the tongue stuff going on and he was dropping a bunch of weight and I'm watching from a distance and I'm like, man, this isn't good. You know, I, I do not ever like, I, I, I love that dude. So I'm like, I don't want to have something happen to him if it's really getting that bad and have our relationship be torn up over wrestling because it's wrestling. Um, and so we just started discussing some more. We just, we, uh, we were chatting a lot and then COVID happened. Um, various things happened with now this is wrestling another time, another day. Um, and I just, I said, Hey man, I, I really want to come back to Magnum. Um, that's where I belong. I want to, I want to be around you again. I want to, I want to be like helping where it all began, where my heart is. And, um, he's like, yeah, you can, you can come in. It's like, and some of the boys might look at you differently. And it wasn't that way at all. Like it just wrestling is wrestling. And the, and the people that get it, they don't hold grudges. Um, and if they do, you know, usually they have that experience that kind of changes their mind and perspective. But, um, man you could tell like he kind of was cautious at first but i feel like that was a blink in an eye it was right back to the old old days with him and i like we just hopped right back into it um and we uh we were off to the races after covid um just getting back to just how it was if not better so um yeah it it's a crazy friendship and it's crazy too cuz i've i've only known that I knew that man for what uh eight and a half years nine years and um I felt like I knew him for a lifetime so and I'm really glad that you talked about your friendship outside of the ring outside of the wrestling world with him because I think when people earn um a level of success or a level of, of popularity I think it's it's, it's very easy um, to say, Hey, we, we lost this, uh, this artist or this performer. And I, I saw a lot of that online, uh, mm-hmm. when, when Jason Strife passed away uh, and it was, we lost an unbelievable professional wrestler. In my opinion, one of the best this area has ever produced. We lost an incredible promoter, um, someone that really, truly loved professional wrestling. Um, and then 
I have to sit back and think about all the times before, after, during shows, um, Facebook messages between the two of us where I sit back and I, I think, you know what? Uh, yes, yes, of course, we did lose all of those things. And we lost Jason Strife, this this bigger than than life personality. Um, but we also lost Nathan Blodgett, um, who mm-hmm. was just... Ah, uh, man, at times he could be the biggest jerk I've ever met. But uh, at, <laughs> at the same time, like just one of the most genuinely nice people who just wanted to see like the best out of everyone and and, and yep. pushed people beyond what they thought their limits were. Um, and that's why he was a jerk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and I was I, I felt so fortunate. Uh, of course, when I was wrestling in 2015 up to 2018, I was not mature enough to look at that and, and say, you know, I, 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 I fought back on that. I'm like, God, he's he's such an asshole. Um, but then I, I, I grew and matured and, and realized that I was so fortunate that he was hard on me. Uh, especially in wrestling, because if he didn't, if he wasn't hard on me, then that meant that he didn't care about me. Um, and man, I was just, I was so fortunate to even have the in wrestling relationship that I did with him. And, um, you know, super early in, in Magnum wrestling, I was there to help, you know, load in the ring to those VFW halls and, uh, and and tear down tables and chairs and and I was there for the very first show that they did at uh, SoCal Auditorium um, and just to to be a very small part of that Magnum family was just it meant the world to me uh, that he would even let me in that world because I certainly at that time and and even now uh, certainly didn't deserve um, to have his respect and to have even the smallest sliver meant the world to me. Um, and uh, he will definitely, he already is and, and will be for, for many, many years to come uh, missed as, yeah. as not even, not only as a, an amazing performer and a promoter, but as it's just a, a genuine uh, human being. So, um, and I'll, and I'll kind of like, you know, end on that note too, with like that whole point is, um, you know, making his uh, tribute video, um, there were so many songs that came to mind and I did that, that every Saturday by seventh day slumber. But another one that came to mind was a song by Jimmy world uh, called hear you me. And that opening line kind of resonates with what you're saying too. And anybody who is part of the Magnum family, um, there's no one in town that I know you gave us someplace to go. I never said thank you for that. Magnum was an escape from, for fans, for wrestlers, for strife even wrestling was a whole different escape from the crappy world that we live in and we can speak to this as like the longtime fans that we are too that when life sucked man we plopped down and we watched wrestling we escaped with like you know the raws the pay-per-views the video games the magazines and and nathan blodgett gave that to you know, fans and wrestlers alike in this area. And um, so that was just one of those songs that just really, res- just really hit on me hard too, because that, that was him. Like he, he opened up that door to anyone and everyone. And as long as you respected the ground, the area that he let you in, you always had a place to come in. 
no matter how much he would pick on you, and I'm looking, well, not looking, but I'm I'm referencing our beloved Pete Sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pete so much. Um, I, I I wanted to talk about you, and you've alluded to this a little bit. It's just his vision. Uh, Strife's vision for what he wanted Magnum to be—that escape and 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 bigger and bolder than than any of its its competitors, not only in this area but uh, across the country, across the globe. Um, now that since his passing, you and TJ have taken over as the new owners, I want to talk a little bit about how you plan to continue that vision. Uh, what your your goals look like for the future of Magnum Wrestling. Right. So um, I think the first and foremost is like, we never want, you know, yes, we are missing Jason Strife, Nathan Blodgett physically, you know, in that locker room. And, you know, I still, I just, I don't know how it's going to be on that first show back without him, but like he's physically not there, but we all know he's spiritually there, whether it's, you know, (laughs) some weird supernatural way to tell someone that their time, that they're going over their time (laughs) or something like that. Like he, his presence is going to be felt there. And I feel like I, what me and TJ want to do is like, we want to leave it better than how it was left with us. And we have so many ideas. We have, you know, yes, me and TJ are that essentially business face of that company, but there is other people too um, that are working behind the scenes that Nate specifically handpicked as well um, that share that same vision. There is such a machine that was prepared and built behind the scenes that I knew it was, it was tough to have to write that at his, his young age, but the man had a plan for everything and we want to leave it better than how he left it. We want the thing that really always saddened, I think anybody closest to, to Nathan Blodgett is that Jason Strife wasn't the international superstar he could have been. You know, like he, there are so many people that he has touched over the years. You know, like he, he's wrestled so many people that you see in WWE, so many global superstars you see right now. He wrestled. Like he is probably... And I I will say this, like, with all the confidence, I believe he is one of the absolute top wrestlers in the world that never got an international deal. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Now, when it comes to Magnum, we want Magnum, hey, I would love for it to be a super indie. And we're going to try so many different things to make it more known than what it is now. Yes. I love our attendance. I love our loyal fan base, but I've been dropping so many matches on our social media and YouTube um, channel over the last, you know, a couple months 
and we're getting so many people we're getting people from all over the globe watching and commenting not even knowing magnum existed i want more of that i want people to know magnum is this thing and you know whether it be with them watching a jason strife match or i just put up a Shayna baszler match uh, a few days ago that you know is getting a lot of hits because hey it's, it's Shayna baszler like Magnum is a pinnacle when it comes to wrestling. Magnum is a bar setting promotion. Magnum is a professional standard promotion. And I want the world to know. And, and Nate and I always shared that vision. Um, and I want to execute it. You know, I want to execute it so badly. I want to get to that point that we always reached for. and. You know, whether I take, me and TJ take Magnum to the very end, or whether or not we we do this for a few years until we can no longer do it, however life may take us, and we hand it off to the next person, we don't want Magnum to ever die, um, ever. Like, this is going to be something that lives on forever. And I'm, you know, if worst case scenario, don't even think that this would happen. But like if Magnum somehow was not a thing, I would still poke in social media and still let it live in various ways. Like this promotion is going to be known. I am going to do everything I can. I know TJ's going to do everything he can. Um, and I know this handpicked crew of people and, you know, other people of, of interest that, that Nate picked, they have that same philosophy. And it's what we keep on saying to each other in all our group chats. Like, nobody's seen anything yet when it comes to Magnum. Like, it's going to be insane. I want to talk about the cast and crew of of characters that you have in Magnum Wrestling. Um, if I can brown nose and, and fanboy about Magnum Wrestling a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that I, I think you guys do better than any other independent promotion, especially in this area, is when you bring in a big name that people are going to recognize and that people are going to come to the arena to see, whether that be NWA champion Nick Aldis or whether that be, um, you know, back in the day, Adam Pierce or gosh, uh, I'm super crazy or uh, any of these big names. The thing that I think Magnum does better than anybody else is that when when people come to see those big names, they are coming back because the local talent stepped up, uh, mm-hmm. elevated their level, and and you have some some characters, some wrestlers there that, like I said, they seem to just go above and beyond when they're at Magnum, and they have cemented themselves in that area as some of the very best. And I'm talking about um, guys like Duke Cornell. I think that's whatever changed. uh, I remember, and he's going to hate me for saying this. I remember when the, the man that portrays Duke Cornell uh, was in a tag team called the beautiful bodies and they would come to the ring wrapped in towels around their waist. And it was a completely different than what guns and beer uh, was and what that character is now. And it has evolved into this incredible, one of the best characters in wrestling, in my opinion. You have Jay Fowler, who, when I left wrestling in 2018, 
He was a stud, one of the best wrestlers. And now he has the attitude. He has the look. He has the body to go along with that. Uh, you have Bo Gott, who is a certified psychopath and one of the best deathmatch wrestlers on the planet, in my opinion. Um, I want to talk about that casting character as we preview this card that's happening mm-hmm. in Omaha on March 24th. Let's talk about the matches and who is on that show that people can come and see and and fall in love with, just like I've done over the years. Yeah, so, man, we obviously we wanted to stack the show but we also wanted to you know pay tribute and like one of the coolest things about jason strife when he would do his birthday bash is he would always say like i'm not going to book myself on the show i just want to sit back and be entertained so we wanted to put together you know a card that would do just that you know wherever he may be we want him to sit back and be entertained by that night and we have some amazing, you know, matches on like the piggy in the bank is coming back. Like, you know, people know money in the bank, that whole aspect of climb the ladder, you get that future opportunity. You know, it's silly because it's a parody in itself, like the piggy in the bank, but like it's becoming such a prized possession. Um, we've had uh Joey Anderson uh cash that uh piggy bank in on carlito after he won uh the championship from from red wing <laughs> so it uh it's it's crazy to know like the the history that the piggy in the bank has and who we have in that match it's like some hot you know we have this psychopathic bogat in that match so that's in itself already like what like he who knows what he's gonna do you have this hot up-and-comer nino hatchet who's just making waves everywhere um you have just just this this loaded match that we don't even have a champion right now either unfortunately devin thomas um you know had to vacate the the title for personal reasons so we have this main event set for Red Wing versus Fowler. Um, Red Wing cashing in a rematch clause where he lost the championship from Jason Strife uh, just last year. Um, so it's, and, and Fowler is just absolutely hungry. I just think whoever wins that match, what an emotional time that's going to be because I think it's going to be bigger than the Magnum Championship. Like it's, they are the first ones who are, they're going to be, you know, whoever wins that's going to be the first person to carry that company, carry Magnum Wrestling um, in the, you know, that physical absence of Jason Strife. And I'm just, it's unreal just thinking about what that moment's going to be because both of those men are just absolute, like, Jason Stripe guys for life. Like I, Jason I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that main event and how perfect it was for those two guys to be in the main event for a vacant title at the first show after Jason Strife's passing, a, a tribute show to Jason Strife of sorts, because I came up training with Red Wing. When I was getting my start in wrestling, so was he. And you could tell right away, and it's not just because he's a gigantic man. Um, he just seemed to understand wrestling from day one. And Jason Strife was the first guy 
that really saw Nate Redwing and said, that's going to be the guy. Long before mm-hmm. any other promoter in this area saw Red Wing as the next big thing. And I remember, I think it was the first time that he won the Magnum Wrestling Championship. Um, it was in Sokol. It was against Devin Thomas. And it was the best match I've ever seen live, uh, still to this day. Absolutely. And yep. and he is he's so much better than I ever expected him to be. For his size, his strength, to do some of the things in the ring that he can do, he is he is mind-blowing. And everyone that I've ever brought to a show with me and introduced them to Red Wing as a performer, they are just mind-blown by the things that he he does. And I feel like Fowler uh, is another guy that Strife saw him as something special long before even Fowler did. And over the last few years, this man has just blossomed into a a bona fide superstar. He, like I said uh, before, he has the look, he has the attitude. These are two guys that Strife put his stamp of approval on, and for those two guys to to go to battle on on March 24th for the vacant Magnum Wrestling Championship. Um, like I said, I'm kind of fangirling here and, and brown nosing a bit, but I I can't think of a better match then to put those two in the ring together in the main event on a show of this uh, magnitude uh, with so much emotion behind it and just let them go to war because they're going to go out there and they're just going to kill it. I just, I'm fearful. Like, I feel like we're going to be there all night because I don't think (laughs) either of them are going to want to quit. Like, I don't think one's going to knock out the other. It's just going to be a brawl to the end. And, you know, one of one of the things that Strife said in his final months is when it came to Fowler, who's just been just on a tear lately, he even put publicly out there that stamp of approval that Magnum may have their new ace, you know, take out that may, because I feel like, you know, Fowler is that ace. Red wing is always that danger. And, you know, to plug, you know, the Jason Strife Memorial interviews that I did, like go back and watch those on YouTube if, if, uh, if any of you haven't, because you want to see how much uh, he meant to those two, especially like, you know, Fowler, you know, Red Wings is a tough guy, you know, you're not really going to catch him crying, but you know, it, it really affected him too. And he, he misses, he misses the hell out of Jason Strife. And I feel like, you know, when, when it came to Fowler, who was a bit more emotional too, like, man, there's just going to be so much passion in this match. And again, like I said, I feel like we're going to be all there all night because who's going to quit? Who's going to, who's going to like really uh, just not have any energy left. I really feel like it's going to go all night. Um, So yeah, I just, I am so excited for that main event and I'm just, I'm preparing myself for the emotion of whoever wins that title. Because like I said earlier, um, you probably won't catch Red Wing cry. I feel like you'll, you might see Red Wing cry if he wins the title that night because man, it's bigger than the title. So I just, man. And that's just one match, you know, let's talk about the rest of the card. Some of the other up and coming wrestlers that you'll see on that show. We got the Top Gun Championship with uh, Kit Sackett, you know, who is another, you know, favorite of, of Jason Strive. He loves 
uh, Kit Sackett. Like Kit Sackett is just an absolutely entertaining enigma of a, a wrestler. Like you don't, you know, I don't to this day I don't know whether to cheer or boo the man. He's just kind of like nonchalantly goes in and does his thing and dumps some forks everywhere, but the fans just they love it. Um, but he doesn't really like do necessarily good guy things, if you will. I don't know how to really describe it. That's why he's exactly Enigma, but he's taking on Brandon Nitro uh, from Sioux Falls, the Heartland Heartthrob. That's just going to be kind of weird because Brandon Nitro preaches, you know, bang, bang, bang. And and uh, we have the Fork Daddy talking about fork, fork, forking. So you got forks and bangs. Uh, going on there so that's that's going to be something that's going to be a highly entertaining match we have the kickoff of our uh, women of magnum the division that we're kind of going for with that initiative and really trying to bring more women's wrestling to the area i feel like that's just something that's just been missing and this is conversations that i had with uh strife multiple times um trying to bring in uh, more women but like trying to find like trying to really bring in like that 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 raw talent that, you know, those really, really hungry and passionate because we really want to push this division. We, we want to eventually have a women of Magnum champion. Um, but we have um, Briar Hale taking on Valentina Loca in that match too. And, you know, Valentina Loca is another one of uh, Jason Strice favorites. I know that too. Like he Definitely appreciated the heck out of her too. She is just an absolutely like she, she has that tough demeanor. She's, you know, that, that Southwest spitfire, but man, she is like one of the most like respectful, uh, passionate individuals when it comes to this business too. And, and Briar Hale's young and hungry. Both of them are going to want to make that impact because each and every match that we have until we, until we get a championship, like it's going to be a statement making thing. And they're kicking it all off. So, man, I can only imagine the heat that they're going to bring because they're kicking off a special division on a tribute show to one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Absolutely. So it just there's just there's just so much to this show from top to bottom, you know, and we have Alvin Falcone. Uh, he's just kind of a, a hot up and comer right now. Um, he just recently uh, won the. Uh, the uh, flagship pro wrestling title, I believe. Uh, so he's just like, he's kind of making his waves too. He's going to be in action. Like there's just, it's a stack night and the history that we have at that firefighter union hall, who knows who's going to show up. Um, I'll kind of go back to that picking in the bank. We've only announced five people and, you know, kind of like that first scoop here. And I, I we kind of touched in and recoil too. We're not done with that piggy in the bank lineup. Who knows who might be there competing for that piggy in the bank? You know, we could have 10 people in that ladder match. We could have six. We could have eight. We could have seven. Who knows? We're just not done with that announcement, but we're keeping a couple secrets close to the chest with that. So can't wait to, you know, hear that reaction of, of you know, whoever might be involved in that match when the, when the fans find out. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just stacked from top to bottom. And like I was saying earlier, firefighter union hall has such a history. We had Carlito there. We've had Shayna Baszler there. We've had AJ styles there. We've had Evan Bourne there, like so much history. It's kind of like the firefighter union hall is kind of turning into like our, our 
Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. here in Omaha because we've had all these marquee matches there. It's very fitting to have this tribute show, and I, we needed to have it there because of the spacing. You know, going to stocks and bonds all the time and how fast these tickets sold out, um, there was no way stocks and bonds would have been able to hold that capacity. So we needed that bigger venue, um, and we sold out within the week, too. So um, that's what the crazy thing is, too. It's like, um, so I expected there to be a high interest. I didn't expect to sell out so fast. I know Stripes probably saying, of course, you know, I had to die before, you know, we sell out the <laughs> show. Come on. Um, but uh, I know. You're welcome truth, for the house. Though, yeah. <laughs> and I've got to bring the house, you know, when I'm not here. But he, um, I know it's it's going to be a card in a night that he would have been proud of. Um, I know he's definitely probably really happy just seeing, you know, that that reaction, you know. I announced the show. I tease this big announcement. I announced the show. We drop the tickets go and the tickets are just flying. They're sold out within a week. We're going to have walk-ups available the day of, but that's just not even guaranteed either. You know, like I feel like we're going to have that place bursting at the seams too. Now above and beyond a great night of wrestling, uh, this show benefits the Midland uh, Humane Society, yes. and that's that's something that you guys have done a lot in the past, especially with these shows at the Firefighter Union Hall. Is that correct? Yep, yep. So, um, so Jason Strife loved Midland Humane. He loved like just animal rescues, more or less dog rescues in particular. But like Jason Strife had a huge heart when it came to animals. I mean, especially dogs. You know, you look at former commissioner Weston, his puppy, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he he loved that dog so much. You know, I haven't even thought about this yet, but I feel like we got it. We got to have Weston there. You got to have, we Weston, gotta have Weston there that night, too. Um, but, uh, you know, it just that's just something that's always been close to to that's the Nathan Blodgett side right there, that charity, that giving back to the community, not just with like animal rescues, but we've, we've done like, you know, bags of fun, Omaha, we've done children's, we've done, um, you know, MDA, like just these different causes too. And, you know, I feel like those were the shows that he really, he wanted people to go just escape reality have a great time that night but man the impact that he made to the to the community the last time that we uh had midland to maine that was actually not the firefighters that was at the ramada it was the anniversary volume 10 that we partnered with midland to maine we had a check that was three thousand dollars wow that went to uh midland to maine and he hand delivered that to himself he got to play around with some some puppies there too. There's even a photo out there of him holding this baby husky. Um, it's just absolutely like it meant the world to him. And you know, one of the things that you know I really am passionate about too when it comes to charities. Yes, the money's great. I love doing that, but I want to do even more beyond that. And I recently kind of taking the time to be at a volunteer at Midland to Maine too, being a dog walker. I circled that one right away because I knew in my heart, if Strife was still with us today, him and I would be doing that dog walking shift together, uh, playing with the puppers. But um, we want to keep that legacy alive 
the the benefit fundraising shows those are always going to be in the spirit of magnum that is something that is always going to happen um you know going out there getting involved with the community giving back um and even welcoming a lot of these you know charities to come out too and especially when we do anything with like the children's hospitals or anything like that having those families be able to attend shows um, and escape you know that reality and just have a fun night too um, that's just man it just means the world and that, that is a spirit that's never going to die so um, very proud to be you know, I want to I want to beat that three thousand record. You know, between I, we're getting really close between our ticket sales and um, the I'm a Jason Strife shirts that we had. Uh, I'm a Jason Strife guy and Jason Strife girl had those shirts available. We're we're getting close to that three grand. Um, if we can break that record, I'm going to be so happy. And then I want to set that bar again for the next time that we partner with them. So, at any means necessary, we are going to have a check. I don't care if it's $3,001. We are going to have a check that breaks that last record. Anyone that's listening to this podcast this week uh, prior to the show, if if they'd like to donate to that cause, um, is yep. there a way that they can do that? Yep. Um, I believe it's MidlandsHumaneSociety.org. Um, their logo is like a blue circle with a puppy. And there's ways you can adopt through or you could do like the the volunteer you can do charity donations all through the website right there. They have big old buttons that it's very easy to navigate around that site, which is also a huge plus for anybody who's, you know, as somebody who's just absolutely technological in all aspects, man, I can have fights with websites sometimes, but <laughs> this, I mean, that site's very accessible. You can, you can donate either time or money through their websites, midlandshumanesociety.org. Um, check out their social media. Um, hey, man, and if if you really want a puppy and you want to make that commitment, get a puppy from them too. Their kennels are absolutely brimful right now too. So they they're they're looking for fosters. There's just so much ways that you can give to to Midlands besides money too.